Long days and pleasant nights to you folks. Hey, uh, um, it's one of these again. If you don't like them, you don't have to listen, but I figure, um, I might as well put something out monthly. Uh, at the very least, um, obviously the goal is to, you know, every other week. Um, what had happened was I went on vacation, and the two people that I was going to record interviews with, um, the schedule didn't work out, so I'm... Next month we'll have normal lineup of guests, um, but I figured presenting something to you guys is better than presenting nothing. And I thought I would talk a little bit about my vacation and play for you some some of my favorite tunes. What? Well, because um, it was really uh, quite enchanting, really. Um, and as much as I I did. I did. <laughs> I went to two weddings. I went to two weddings. Two of my friends from high school were getting married not to each other. Um, and it was just a wonderful time. And it was really interesting comparing and contrasting the two weddings. One was a you know pretty secular wedding. And then the other one was a deeply, deeply religious wedding. And it was fascinating. Um... And I met some really, really wonderful, lovely, courageous, fantastic people. And also learned about people I'd known for a very long time and what they were doing. And it was just an absolutely fantastic experience. And it was also strange kind of thinking about whether or not, you know, you'll get married. You know, as a single person that went to two weddings, I was like, oh man, I'm kind of bummed out now. But I'm also really not, because look at these two people. They're doing something that goes against every genetic predisposition we have of repopulate the species, repopulate the species. And then they're like, hey, no, just with the one person, though. It's cool. I like you enough that I'm going to make it work, even though I probably days will come when I won't want to. Um, yeah. And and that's for me. And I kind of I've, I've 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 talked a bit about this before. When you know, specifically in my book, um, available now on CrateSpace and Amazon.com, it had to be said by Tristan Miller. Um, and it is finding someone who is willing to put up with you every single day. And it, you know you you find friends that are more or less willing to do that. But like. Everyone fights, and everyone needs patience, and everyone needs to get along, and that sort of thing. Um, but it's harder when you're mentally ill. It really is, um, I think. Or if you're just a jerk. <laughs> um, also, often, those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Um, but yeah, uh, and it it is difficult, because like a lot of the time, I, I feel like two things... One, I don't think I'm going to find someone who is willing to put up with all my eccentricities every single day. Now, this sounds very self-pitying, and in, you know, you know, a fraction of it, it is. But it's also, like, a realistic view of, like, 
you know, divorce rates are high with people who are mentally ill and, and that sort of thing. I'm in the, yeah, I'm in a very good demographic to be married three times. Like, it's cool. Um, and it's a realistic thing. And, like, also, as someone who knows that they are hard to deal with sometimes, I also don't want to put someone through that unless they're really, really, really willing to, you know... <laughs> kind of go along with it and um, I've been lucky in the past with some romantic partners that have been very kind and patient to me and then also like but every time it happens like their, their patient patients run this out like their <laughs> um, their tolerance of my boundless enthusiasm towards life gets a little obnoxious after a while and I, I understand like when you have someone who's genuinely interested or tries to be genuinely interested in everything that's going wrong around them, it can be quite exhausting. Because, you know, it's... It, as someone who's hyperactive as well, like, I just, you know, won't shut up, um, clearly, because I've been talking for, like, four minutes straight and barely breathing. But it's really interesting to try and find someone who's willing to... who's a good counterweight to you. And I found... Oh, my God. It was so incredible because I saw two people that had found that and it's so beautiful when you do find it and like and that's the thing it gave me kind of hope because and not because like oh if these two fucks can but like because you know you, there i don't think there is ever someone out there for everybody but i think there are people who are willing to make things work and when you find someone who's patient and kind and curious and you you hold on to those people um but one of the grooms the first uh wedding I went to was they, they had been together they got married on their 10 year anniversary which is insane for me to think because they've been together since high school and they, they just stuck with it and and Charlie has always been like well I'm never going to do better than Katrina and Katrina's like well I love Charlie very much and so like they just made it work and for 10 years for 10 years they've already been together so it wasn't so much like this big huge monumental thing Charlie was nervous, but mostly that he was going to say or do something incorrectly, and like he was nervous about the event rather than nervous because it was just a continuation of what they were doing. It was fantastic, and it was very beautiful. And I cried. I was I was in the groom's party at both times. I was just standing in front of a bunch of people weeping, and it was so stupid. And um, it was really wonderful. And there's this thing of like my father always said, and at the time I was like, love is empathy. Like, when you feel the most empathy for someone you love them and he's like yeah but love is also commitment it's the the commitment to the idea of being with that person and i very much agree with that now because you can empathize with people all you want but you know unless you go well from this day forward i'm gonna make it work one way or the other like that's commitment that's 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 real like love and that happens not just in romantic relationships but also with family and also with friends like you know there are times where friends and I have not gotten along and then I'm like no I'm gonna make this work because you know you try and love as many people as you can not in the yippee hippie 70s and now we have AIDS kind of way but in a being kind and courteous and forgiving and gentle and peaceful day be warm and human and grateful and have a good thing to say steve martin um but contrasting that like with 
with the other wedding I went to, which was uh, Zachary and, and Claire, which was really wonderful to see because Zach was nervous because he knew it was a big deal. They'd been together for about three years, and the other the underlying theme with them as well was <laughs> they fight, but they work through it, and it's never out of disrespect. They have disagreements, but they work through it. And they treat each other with kindness, dignity, respect, and all those things. And it's wonderful. And seeing someone I had known for 18 years do something that big with their life, make that big of a commitment, was incredible. Oh man, I had a really hard. I'm getting fickleempt about it now. I had a really hard time keeping it together in that wedding, like because I wanted to do the whole like really ugly crying. Like I was keeping that at bay because I was just like tears were streaming on my face, and I was like <sighs> every three seconds, and I felt awful because I was like you know trying not to detract. And here's the thing, um, like another reason it was a big deal is like I've almost known him for twenty years. I'm like, but Charlie, he and I are really good friends. And we talk about Star Wars and we skateboarded together and we were pretty close, but we never, it was always like a very male sort of friendship, you know, like a friendship based off of doing things together and that's how we bonded and it was wonderful, you know, we're good friends, I really love Charlie and I really do, but with Zach, um, what had happened when I was in high school, um, I was not well liked by my peers because I was different. It was very different, very strange, you know. Um, I swore <laughs> when I was 16. I was in a homeschool community. If you said the word damn or ass, that was taken as an offense. And I was like, fucking cunt muffin. And people were like, oh man, no, you can't hang around him. That lad's a bad egg. Is he a lad or an egg? I don't know, he's a laddie egg. He's an eggy lad. Oh, look at that eggy lad. But anyway, um... Whereas Zach was really deeply appreciated in that group, and I was best friends with him. And so he sort of acted, at least in my mind, he sort of acted as a liaison between me and the normal folks. And he was like, give Tristan a chance if you get a little, like, a little past the bullshit. Um, he's a good guy, he's a good guy, and he just doesn't know how to handle himself yet. And he, he was a huge advocate for me as a person in my formative years, and I'm deeply, deeply grateful for that. And he also was a very good creative partner. We did a lot of stuff together, we did a bunch of sketches. We started out in sketch comedy, and we did a bunch of plays together, and we just like hung out all the time. And... Then when I moved away, we kind of kind of drifted apart, and because of this thing that happened, we're talking more than we ever have before, and or in the last five years or so. And I'm really grateful for that, and um, it means a lot. Um, and part of the ceremony for Zach's wedding was the groom's men and the bride's people the people that were up there with the the two the beloved the beloveds the um 
part of the ceremony was them going, hey, do you promise to help these guys out, essentially, to help them work through things? And that's a big thing. That's a huge thing, you know? Because sometimes you can't do that, you know, you, you, you don't have the time, you don't have the mental spoons to be able to help people all the time. But to say, I'm going to try is a very big deal. Um, God does not ask us to succeed. He asks us only to try, Mother Teresa. But, um, but it is, I gladly accepted that task because I know how big of an advocate he was for me and I want to repay that as much as I can. Also, he's chosen a very fine woman to be married to. Um, I don't know Claire very well, but what I do know of her, I like. She works at uh, an organization that helps uh, those that are mentally and financially disenfranchised there in Chicago. And so a bunch of people that were in that group, a couple of people that were in that group, we're at the wedding and it was awesome and the fact that she is so accepting of other people and how they live and how they're different and oh it's a beautiful thing to watch and the fact that she goes you're different you're having a hard time let me help how can i help in this situation her first instinct seems to be empathy and compassion and that is an incredible feat in today's society i have met people that have literally said homeless people are disgusting and i have wanted to not only enact physical violence but also verbally just batter them down and of course you know you you resist that temptation because that's not helping really and i remember going well you know it's generally not their fault and they're like, yes, it is. They should just get a fucking job. And I'm like, well, you're an idiot. You don't know how this works at all. Um, a lot of them are mentally disenfranchised or um, they've gone off their insurance or their medication and they don't know how to get back up or like that. They've been given a circumstance that does not is not inducive to owning a home or renting a home. And that's hard. It's really hard. So the fact that she works openly with like an organization that is like that and she wants to work for nonprofits and like she seems like a very wonderful woman and Zach is very lucky they're both very lucky and as is Charlie and Katrina they oh like luck 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 oh it was wonderful it was wonderful to see something working out because it so often feels like it doesn't these days and and I was very grateful for that and that opportunity to watch them make a big commitment. Because there is something like, if you, even if you don't believe in a God, there is something sacred about marriage because it is such a huge deal. You know, because you're promising in front of a bunch of people, hey, I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life or as long as we're both happy. And you guys have to help us hold ourselves to that. Please, 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 because it's going to be hard. So please help us. And then the audience or the you know people that show up to the wedding and the people who are in the wedding party, they say, yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll help you with that because we love you. And it's a wonderful thing to watch. So this um, first tune is by Vivaldi. That's right, Vivaldi. 
and then I'm going to talk some more after it. So, um, uh, I guess I got, I got, yes, bees, they're leaving the, the earth, we're running out of bees, we're bee-less, we're almost bee-less, 
and we need to fix the bees. So plant a garden, plant some some flowers, encourage bees to show up. Try and be a beekeeper. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just thought I'd get that off my chest. Uh, <laughs> oh, made myself laugh. Okay, so um, but I I I spent um the, the interim uh, between weddings at my parents' house, which was also. Uh, very beautiful, wonderful because it was countryside and ooh, and all that. And um, it was also really wondering, wonderful watching them interact and just being with my parents and like realizing, oh, you can have a normal life too and be relaxed and watch Doctor Who with your mom. That's pretty damn great, and and, and that sort of thing. And it was fantastic. But it also like made me question why I'm doing stuff here in New York. It's hard. It's a hard city to live in, and it was just difficult. But it was also like I was talking to Miles because everyone was like, "Well, what do you do once you're in New York?" And me being the smartass, I was like, "Well, we sit at home and we watch YouTube most of the time. We do." But like, and then I realized, "Oh no, I've seen Kevin Klein, Kevin Klein perform." And, um, and like, I've been going to shows and, like, this sort of, and it's a wonderful city to live in. New York is beautiful, and you have to fall in love with it to stay here, because otherwise it's very difficult. <laughs> very difficult indeed. Lost precious it is. So, but it was really wonderful just getting out of the city for a little bit and seeing two people, four people, really, commit themselves to something bigger than themselves. Which is really the whole point of being alive, isn't it? Finding something that's better than you. And committing to it, whether it's God or another person or an idea or art or science or education or, or trying to make people laugh or the betterment of mankind or, you know, in some people's cases, all of those things. Um, it's wonderful. Um, yeah. On a bit of a downer, um, the autopsy report came back from Carrie Fisher. Uh, yeah, she was like, hey, by the way, this is what was going on. And there was heroin and cocaine in her system. And it was two things I feel about. Well, like, number one, why do we need to know that? Uh, number two, you know, I am also, why do we need to know that? And I'm also talking about it. So, like, I get to have my cake and eat it, too. Uh, so I get to be quite judgmental and above it all, but also exploited for news media. Ha, hello. My name is Jenkins. But no, um... And also, it, it, I'm kind of conflicted about it in as much as it, it hurt. It was understandable. But the, um, the reason it was upsetting or difficult to deal with was because after she died, even before she died, but after she died specifically, and those who know me know I have these stickers that just say, do it for her. And it's because she was so active about trying to battle her own demons. And she was kind of this beacon of take your meds, go to a doctor, be who you are, be as insane as you are, but also try to push past it and work through it and become, go above and beyond your mental illness. And so to know that in the end she had a hard time with that, is a difficult thing to process, you know, it, it is, it's very hard, it's very, it, it's, I, I don't, it's a shame, it's a damn shame, because if that wasn't the case, she, I don't know if things would have been different, but it would have been nice. 
for things to be different for her and it's really rough and I think I think it's someone who doesn't have the they that do not have the genetic predisposition to become addicted and it is a genetic thing and it is a, a dis disease it's not a choice addiction is not a choice if you do happen to know you have an addictive personality like me it's perhaps it may behoove you to avoid certain substances and that sort of thing and and it's difficult to convince yourself because you know your body really wants it even though you know it's a bad idea um but i don't think they that don't have they that the if you don't have the gene the super fun give me everything make this pleasure center always light up gene um you'll never understand why and i feel like there's been a lot of judgment of her like oh how could you do this i mean that's like you don't know and it's okay and it doesn't also it doesn't retract all the brightness and joy and wonder she brought to the world just with her smile and her warmth and her kindness um craig ferguson was interviewing stephen fry and they were talking briefly about her and she had this huge home this massive house that she would allow people to stay in junkies and and homeless people and friends and and people who are disenfranchised would just stay at carrie fisher's house and and she would try and help them she was very altruistic and philanthropic because she knew she had all this money and power and she wanted to do something good with it, it seems. And she has. She has a very wonderful legacy. And I will fight anyone who tries to tarnish it by saying she was weak. Because it's also this thing of like... And it's kind of happened... This happens when any, anyone kind of goes. Because when you live with a disease... Every day that you don't succumb to that, you're, that's brave and difficult and hard. And specifically, it happens around, like, there's this re really wonderful article that came out when Robin passed away. And it was, <laughs> Robin Williams didn't kill himself, his disease did. And it's true. It's like one of those things of like, I, I don't, self-preservation is so hardwired into all of humanity that when, when people do lose a battle to one disease or another, it's not them. There's this huge notion that you are not your illness. And that's something you need, I think needs to be perpetrated. Perpetrated? Perpetuated. There we go. A little bit of fun, rhymy dyslexia there. Um, perpetuated more often because... Because you're not, you know, like when 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 I have to cry in the bathroom stall because I'm overwhelmed at work or whatever, I don't want to do that. That's not who I am. That's me being too anxious to function. And I think there's a, a, a great distinction between the two. And I think it's important that we realize that people are flawed. People are people. And the fact that 
they've done bad things or what we we decide bad are bad or unhealthy or or what have you does not diminish the good they brought to the the world and it's just a damn shame and I miss her very much I think she was a wonderful person I only got to see her once but it was a good time when I did yeah gonna play you another track I don't know what it is yet but um, it's gonna be the last one I'm only doing two songs because I'm at 30 minutes now um, good night sweet dreams I love you very much um, you're gorgeous you're wonderful you're ecstatic people when people see you they become happier when people see you they go man I wish I could feel like that sometimes when you have an idea people listen intently sometimes I know you you're plagued with self-doubt but that's everyone I know you think you're over emotional sometimes but even Jesus flipped a table it's okay it's okay. You're enough. You're okay. Nobody's nobody's perfect, and I'm here if you need me. You're kind. You're courageous. You're cunning. You're curious. You're a sensitive, soulful, and above all else, human. And that is why I love you. Good night. Sweet dreams. If you dream of something unpleasant, oops, I'm sorry. <laughs>